0: Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue where they have a three-hour happy hour here every day of their own. We can get half-priced drinks and half-priced bar food, or you can just stick around here for the next 60 minutes and enjoy happy hour with us. As I mentioned, I'm Grant Morris, and I'm here with Makia Jovan. Did I get that correct? You Both did. syllables. Thank you very much. <laughs> Makia Jovan is a New Orleans musician. Who's, what, how would you best describe yourself if someone asked you? What do you have to say when people ask you? What kind of music do you do?
1: I think I sing soul music. Um, I'm okay. an emotional soul singer.
0: An emotional soul <laughs> singer. That would be horrible if you were an emotionless soul singer, wouldn't it? <laughs> is there such a person?
1: Oh, have you been on Frenchman?
0: <laughs> really? That's where they all hang out?
1: <laughs> Who is the most
0: emotionless soul singer in New Orleans that you could point to? I
1: have no clue.
0: You don't want to say, no. I know. All right, well, what about deferring to your attorney, Tony Anonis? <laughs> <laughs> Tony is here. Hi Tony. Hi, how are you? I'm very pleased to meet you. Nice to meet you. Because I know your brother. Yes, you do. Your brother Vince owns Wayfair. He does. So there's only so much we can say about Wayfair today.
2: <laughs> only so much. We
0: love Wayfair to tell you the truth. You're not a part owner of this whole place, right?
2: Um no, I'm, I don't know.
0: Yes well, is that is that yes, you are.
2: I mean we're we're kind of a family right. run business, I guess, in right. so many words, but I don't I don't make any of the executive decisions. <laughs>
0: What? So I did
2: pick the paint on the wall.
0: You picked this <laughs> colour. Like How would color. you describe this as turquoise? Uh,
2: that, yes, turquoise, sky blue.
0: Is it? Sky? No, it's not Behind sky you's blue. Behind you is a little bl- more sky. blue. Oh, it's a different colour than yeah. I'm looking at mm-hmm. over here. Why do you have two different color adders too. That is sky blue and that is turquoise. So we're both right. Dimension. (laughs) Why? I I don't think I have dementia. (laughs) Talking of which, my doctor is here, Dr. Charles S. Corporate III. Wow. Hi. The whole name. How about that? Well, I have it written down here. (laughs) Now, what are you a doctor of? Not medicine, I assume.
3: No, no. I have a PhD in psychological science.
0: Psychological science. Well, we've got it all going on here today. Yeah, no doubt. What is What is that, psychological science?
3: Uh, the study of the uh, mind and uh, behavior,
0: okay. simply. I haven't ever heard the word psychology and science used next to each other like that, I don't think. Have you, Tony? And you're a lawyer.
2: Psychology and science. Psychological hmm. science. I don't
3: know. Yeah, most people you know, want to say psychology is pop, uh, but yeah. there is the... A science base behind it, so well, neuroscience.
0: I oh, you're, a, you're not a neuroscientist. I'm not a scientist. neuroscientist.
3: I'm a developmental psychologist. So we do a lot of study on how we get to be who we are in life. What factors led you to be who you are?
0: Do people want to know that? Yeah, no know? doubt. I do. I think I do. Do you? Do, you do? <laughs> Makia, what would you like to know? You want to know I how just, you got to be where you are today?
1: I'm looking forward to the conversation continuing and you telling me. What
0: I'd, <laughs> I'd <laughs> love to know why you want to know. Why do you want to know who you are today? What would that tell you?
1: Well, I have an idea of who I am today, but sitting across from a, a psychologist, it's kind of, I'm curious to know what his analysis
0: is. Okay. What's the first question then, Doctor? Where are you from?
1: I'm from New Orleans.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. It, it, That's exactly. all you need to know. No, no. It, you know, the
3: next question is, where did you go to high school?
1: Of course. <laughs> McMain. McMain and Noka.
3: Oh, I got you. I got
0: you. That's why you are so talented. What does that tell you about I mean, everybody asks that question in New Orleans because it pegs somebody about what kind of person they are.
3: It does. And, um, but so, but
0: you're a psychologist. You're a professional. What is it telling you about
3: Well, McKee. you know, it, I'm not from New Orleans. And so the interesting thing, when in Virginia, we ask, where you go to school, we're talking about college. But New Orleans has a way of... Where you went to high
0: school indicated a lot about... Class. Well, because we something. don't breed people who are smart enough to go to college, so we don't worry about that. <laughs> school here just means high school. Right. <laughs>
3: exactly. But, I mean, there is that, that level of class that if you went to a certain high school, it meant
0: something. It means a lot uh, different whether you went to Jesuit or you went to Newman or you went to McMahon. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we pegged someone. Where did you go to high school, Tane?
2: Uh, St. Mary's Dominican. Dominican. Uh, being pegged. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. What does that tell us about you?
2: Uh, I don't I don't know. If
0: someone's calling you Charles is it anyone? No, I have no clue. I don't answer, numbers. don't answer If you don't know who it is, don't pick <laughs> no. No. I
1: have some very successful cousins that went to
2: Dominican. Okay, great. So. at least someone's I'm, successful. <laughs> is,
0: that, is that an outlier in your family's success or? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: How do you know that? But look at her. I mean why? Right. Because she she walked in, she let her know let us know about her presence. You can tell success is a part of who she is. Does that come from your family, though? I'm successful
0: because of Charles and Bertha Corporeal, no doubt. Charles II?
3: Charles III. Th- yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. Charles Jr. Okay. And are you successful because of your parents, Makia?
1: I'm successful because uh, my parents decided to separate.
0: <laughs> so you're successful despite your
1: parents. <laughs> no, actually, my mother and father are amazing. But I think... Um, in terms of being brought up in a two-parent home, I haven't had that experience. But I think uh, because they were mature enough to separate, um, I'm successful. I which don't one have... of
0: them did you end up with? My mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what do you think would have happened if they'd stayed together?
1: Uh, I probably, I probably would be in somebody's church right now, um, singing, which is cool but it's not the path that I wanted for myself.
0: That's interesting. You think if your parents stayed together, you would end up in the I church? I would have needed a lot
1: of prayer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as it is, you've risen above prayer and you don't need God or Jesus or anyone oh, else. Oh, I do, I do. The I old. just,
1: I, I can expand my myself beyond the confines of, of a sanctuary.
0: I can say that again.
1: I can expand myself beyond the confines of a sanctuary of just exist.
0: one building. Do you write your own songs? I do. That sounds like a lyric from something.
1: No, it just, it's your your You're energy. I'm just feeding off of all of you right now.
0: <laughs> you can expand yourself beyond the confines of a sanctuary. That is almost like poetry, isn't it, Doctor? It, it is. It's yes. It is. The third. Yes. So who was the first Charles Corporate?
3: I don't know. Um, I, didn't, I can't say that. I don't know. I never met him. Um, he died before I was born. Okay. He was your grandfather? He was my grandfather. And
0: they're all from... Virginia Beach.
3: All from, uh, all from Virginia. All from either Norfolk or Chesapeake, right. Virginia.
0: Okay. Well,
3: how would you get here? School. School. Exactly. I went to Tulane to get my PhD under the direction of Dr. Michael Cunningham. Do we know anyone know Dr. Michael Cunningham? I here? do
2: not
1: know. No. Amazing He's Like a really smart guy. <laughs> he is. He,
3: he is ten times smarter, maybe a hundred times smarter
0: than I will ever be. Well. How many times? Hundred times. Hundred times? <laughs> yes. That would give him an IQ of, what, a thousand? Maybe so. He, he's <laughs> it's a, unlikely to be he true. it. He's a anyway. brilliant brilliant. You're man. almost as poetic as McKee. <laughs> <laughs> so, McKee, you have a pretty good idea about what, who you are, of your sense of your own self, then already by the sound.
1: I guess so, yeah. I think uh, we're
0: all evolving,
1: so I know who I am right now. Hmm.
0: Would you go? Would I think like I should have smoked before I came. <laughs> do you smoke a lot of weed? Because most no. Today we would smoke. be the
2: day, though.
0: We usually smoke a lot of weed before we come on the show. Normally, actually, Charles, are you a big proponent of weed smoking?
3: Uh, I allow. Professional. I not allow. I am a proponent of whatever makes people healthy and happy. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Tony, what? As
0: a lawyer, I guess you can't say. Well, I plead the fifth. Okay, you no, have to go to another state where it's legal to do that. I was in Denver
3: a a couple weeks ago and stayed at an Airbnb, and the owner monetized everything in the apartment (laughs) and the weed. How did that work? I mean, you could just... uh, It was really interesting. You could take a little check sheet, say, you know, I smoked a blunt, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Put the nine dollars in, uh, in the That's envelope. Nine dollars for a uh, for a blunt, and uh, go about your merry way. It's Did like you you a mini it? bar no. for weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know. And they had um, edibles. No, I don't
0: partake. But uh, I'm it, scared to do that whole edible thing. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, I don't mind doing it myself if I made my own stuff, you know. But buying it at a shop and swallowing something
4: you don't know I'm it. scared yeah. to
0: do that that's what everyone's doing now though.
4: that's the best
0: well it's it's strong
4: it is dumb. exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but you don't know what you're doing and then instead of just like with smoking weed you can put it out or you can put it down
4: if you're feeling <laughs> too you? hot
0: once you once you've swallowed one of these edibles I don't know what happened to me once you swallow swallowed one of these edibles you've gone for you know four, five, six hours yeah no doubt wandering around Denver I mean <laughs> <laughs> who needs that really so Charles it says here that, um, that you're the owner or the or whatever it is are you the president or something of something called What's Your Revolution
3: yes yes
0: so it's a it's a consulting is they, uh, it's a psychological consulting business. Yes, it's a racial equity and social justice consulting firm. Hang on, you have to slow that down. Racial equity and social justice? Yes. It's funny that you should say that, actually. It's not that funny. I <laughs> I, I've never heard that term, social justice, until this week. Really? Mm. It, it's what all, do you take social justice to mean? Uh, the ability for
3: everyone to have the life that they would like to lead. Okay. And so no matter, uh, no matter the amalgamation that you are you have the ability to
0: thrive in your context. Hmm. Isn't that, you also known as America? (laughs) Mm. Wasn't that the idea? That is the, I think that is the idea. It's the concept behind Uh, the whole country. That
3: that is the concept, but I, not even I think, we are struggling with that right now. Right. And so uh, Lady Liberty in her blindness, she's peeking around and saying, hey, what's going on in my country?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but the word social justice doesn't pertain to the justice system. Well, it can.
3: Uh, because we think about, we know that in, in Louisiana we incarcerate more people right. than any other place in the world, and we incarcerate more people for uh, non-lethal crimes than any other place in the world. Well, back so, to the weed again. Well, yeah, back to the weed again. It, exactly. And so, how do we use our justice system to be just? Well, uh, we have an attorney
0: sitting right. Right. E- exactly. I
2: don't. I don't know if I think the legal system is just at all. But, mm. I mean, how
0: do you justify being a part of it?
2: I think, well, from from my perspective, I think you're innocent until proven guilty, and I'm part of trying to defend against that, you know, defend against an unbased claim or a crime or, you know, allegation, any of those things, you know. What
0: do you think about a system, though, that asks people to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and then everyone pleads not guilty and you hire a lawyer to try and whatever it is you want to prove, whether it's true well, or not. The state to has
2: it. to prove it. So, it, you know, it's not my job to prove... What do you do? Are you a defence attorney? I, I've done criminal defence, yeah. And so, and when we're talking about a justice system in that way, you know, not just, like, bringing a civil claim, but defending yourself against a crime that somebody thinks they can prove against you, I mean, we know that our system is corrupt, right? I mean...
0: But suppose I am charged with a crime and I didn't do it for real. Yeah. But all I've got standing between me and going to jail or worse is you.
2: Well, I mean that. I hope I can do my job. I mean.
0: But I mean, suppose you're not very good.
2: <laughs> well, then you didn't hire a good lawyer. Well, right? it's,
0: but the whole thing depends on <laughs> no, hiring I mean, a good it, lawyer. mean it, it, it's it crazy. is
2: crazy. It is crazy because it, it, it costs to hire a defense lawyer, and you know we we know that. Um, the defense attorneys that they can provide, the state can provide for you, are overworked. Um, they don't have the resources. And so, you know, it is easier for them to plead you guilty and get some kind of plea deal than it is for them to actually try to pursue a defense of your case. You know what I'm saying? Because they are, they've are they got hundreds of you sitting in, sitting in a jail cell or sitting at home that they've got to try to move these cases, you know? And we know it's under, underfunded. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, several years ago, I don't know if they're still doing it, some of the judges were... Uh, were appointing private attorneys because they knew that our, our, our public defender's office couldn't handle the workload. Um, so, you know, it, it is sad because if you don't have the money, if you can't pull together the funds to hire someone privately that can give you the kind of defense that you need, you're left to defending on the system again. You know, even though you have a defense attorney, it's still somebody that's provided to you by the system, you know, so.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. We know that money is the greatest leverage point in any system. Uh, and we've seen people who have the means get off, who may not have, who may not uh, or should not have gotten off, and people who are innocent. And, and we see, we know what the Innocence Project that we have here in Louisiana, who, men who have sat in jail for decades, um, who then were exonerated uh, after evidence, right. after the means were actually provided for them to be able to exonerate them and give them their lives back. So again, I go back to means. Money is the greatest leverage point in any system. Um, And it goes back to that social justice. How do we ensure that means are provided or opportunities are provided for people to have
0: means to be successful in life? Well, everybody wants to get their hands on more money. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. So when you say, what's your revolution? What is that referring to? How do I get more money?
3: No. Well, it, it depends. It depends. Everybody's revolution is different. And so that's why I think What's it is. What's your revolution? Oh, boy. <laughs> My revolution right now is for me to be the healthiest version of myself each and every day. And so that I can be a beacon of light uh, for those who are struggling to find the, the healthiest version of and themselves. And
0: do I have to afford to be able to pay you?
3: No, you do not. I we, can be, we can be friends
0: and have, a good t- <laughs> and have a good time. How are you making a living out of this, What's Your Revolution?
3: Uh, so the consulting firm, uh, the radio show that I have, the right. What's Your Revolution radio show. Which uh, is on WBOK. It's on WBOK. Um, and so it's a great time. I bring people from all over the country uh, to talk about their revolutions. Uh, and it's uh, it's my passion. It's my joy. It's what I love to do right. this week.
0: It's really... I've heard your show. It's really... Uh, Uplifting Is that the word? It's motivational. It's inspirational is Thank the word. I'm looking for. I
3: appreciate it. I'm very grateful and humble. You're a very
0: inspirational <laughs> broadcaster. Thank you. I was I hoping you'd like take it away here today and go crazy on one <laughs> no, of the No, 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 you're no. I, I'm enjoying being your guest. <laughs> so, but, so I always think when I listen to your show, though, that, that it presupposes that everybody's unhappy. No, I don't think that.
3: I, I think that we all are on a journey to find something that is great. That's greater. What we're all evolving. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, you know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation uh, about doing the work and what does that mean for people uh, and being frustrated and having conversations with people who are not consciously doing the work on themselves. It's hard because when you know that you're doing work, you want people to be in that with you. But, but if that's they're what not, I'm
0: saying that presupposes that everybody has to improve constantly. What? Can't we just be happy with who we are? Well, hopefully. I
2: mean, yeah, can we? Yeah. <laughs> can we? I don't know, you know. Are you
0: happy with who you are right now?
2: I, I, I like what both of them are saying. It's constantly a, a daily you know, effort. You know? I mean, sometimes Do you feel like you, have... you need
0: to improve constantly? I
2: think everyone has room for improvement.
0: <laughs> do you, McHugh? I do. So I'm just alone in this. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we all just accepted ourselves for who we are, we'd all be perfectly happy.
1: I think that's a balance, though, accepting where you are at the moment but not getting complacent and
0: trying to work towards... Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, complacency is not regarded as a positive virtue, but why not?
1: Uh, If you want to be really zen about it and accept things as they are, that's cool. But, like, for instance, I'm working on my punctuality, and today I was <laughs> barely there, and you were like, just right on time. If I had just settled into that and been like, well, you know, I always make it just right on time, eventually people get annoyed and
0: they do. won't and it's call a me for the podcast inter- anymore. <laughs> Charles, what is the deal with punctuality? It's a
3: cultural thing, I think. Is it? You know, it's a New Orleans thing. <laughs> i realize realized that, you know, in New Orleans, I can get away with being late. Yeah. But when I go to see my clients around the country, I'm always early because that is not something that most people tolerate. But in New Orleans, you can walk into a meeting like, hey, how you doing? Great to see you.
0: Well, and everybody's I'm like, okay, great to see you, Charles. I'm very interested in the psychology of punctuality, actually. Because <laughs> I have never heard anyone talk about it, but it pisses me off because people are... I figure if you can be late, you can be on time. Right. Mm-hmm. Why, why are people late?
3: Again, I go back to context and culture.
0: I know why I'm, I'm why are usually
1: you like late. late? Um, anxiety. I, I really? Talk. I have to. There's a whole lot of uh, inner monologues happening before I even step out of the house. So.
0: In what sense? You have social anxiety.
1: Absolutely. Um, just uh, what am I going to wear? Um, I didn't realize. That I was gonna, this was lining up in a moment where I decided not to drink. I haven't been drinking. So usually I I have a little bit of liquid courage. And, and I was gonna
0: say, that's a poor decision. To quit, I know, I drinking. didn't realize during what? happy hour. That was, <laughs> that was. How long have you quit drinking for?
1: It's it's only been two weeks.
0: Oh, that's pretty hard. That's a, hard yeah. that's a revolution. It's, that's your revolution.
1: And it's not to say that I'm a complete lush, because. Hey y'all!
0: <laughs> no, it's amazing when you quit drinking, though, isn't it? I can have you found this how much you associate with drinking?
1: Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah. We do a lot so, in New Orleans. Like, yeah. I went to um, the museum the other day, and usually I, I have a cocktail. And it's like, what do you do? What do you do when you when not you're not drinking?
0: drinking? Have you noticed that in your life that since you've quit that you associate drinking with everything, <laughs> with cooking? With coming home, with going out, with sitting down, with standing up, every single thing is associated with drinking, isn't it? I,
1: I'm I'm hesitating to say yes to that because I feel like that means
2: more than what I'm willing to accept that it <laughs> means. But is that a New Orleans thing? Is that yes. is that a New Orleans thing? Yes. You know, I mean, is that something that happens in Nashville, Tennessee? I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know.
0: I don't think so. I think it happens in New Orleans. Yeah, you go to other places and people don't drink all the time everywhere. When you go to someone's house, or you go out, or you stay home, or you're by yourself, or you're with friends, whatever it is, whatever the occasion in New Orleans is, is a good time for a drink.
2: Well, that's the thing. There's always an occasion. <laughs> exactly. There's yeah. Always, yeah. always something. Yeah.
0: Does it, do you
3: find that, Charles? I, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, it's happy hour. I'm going to have a drink. Uh, well, I'm, ha- I'm not on my you're show. In a, you're in a bar. <laughs> 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 this is a bar. Exactly. Yeah. It's the end but, of the day. We're having a good time. Right. A little
0: cocktail. But you link punctuality, Makia, to... The fear, to fear of showing up.
1: Mm-hmm. For me personally, I, yeah.
0: So if you had, if you lived in a perfect world where you could do whatever you want, you wouldn't show up anywhere, ever?
1: I would take my time. I would, re- I would really take my time in the perfect uh, situation. I think it would be a more organic, tribal, like, hmm. lifestyle and not, I wouldn't even have clocks.
0: okay. But you'd have to be on your own because everybody would be... How does it work in a society with no time? I don't know. Would that it work? Sounds
1: like
4: fun. It does.
1: Does it? It sounds like <laughs> less it does. stress. It does.
0: If we had no time and we didn't have to be anywhere at any particular point,
1: I mean, could um, we actually survive schedule. with other people? Having a schedule and not um, necessarily being on the clock is two different things. I think like waking up when the right. sun is out and getting your work done, and being home at a certain time is nice and appropriate and healthy. But in terms of like having cer- certain things carved out throughout the day and also like I'm an artist. I don't have a 9 to 5 or anything. Right.
0: So <laughs> I don't position. know this world. <laughs> are you uh, are you writing during the day? I am. So you write during the day and you perform at night.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're, also write at night. Uh, do I have a writing schedule? Yeah, or just do you have a,
0: like a, a performing schedule or a writing schedule?
1: Um, so I have two weeklies that are concrete, um, Blue Nile on Sunday nights and uh, 3090 on Thursday nights with a band called Smoke and Bones. Blue Nile is uh, with my band, so it's a, a different... So you vibe.
0: have to show up on time to for up. these
1: gigs. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk to Jesse at Blue Nile about how, how <laughs> successful I am. But I start around 7.30ish. That's And end around 10-ish. And
0: do you have stage fright? I do. Every night?
1: Not every night. Um, it depends on how my day has gone. Like I said, I have a whole lot. I have a
2: whole... So how do you feel
0: about... Do you have, like, you have a regimen of preparing yeah. yourself to get up on stage?
2: Mm.
0: Wow, you're like well-situated to be a drug addict or something. <laughs> That's how you start out, right?
2: That's terrible. <laughs> Isn't that right? I don't know. Isn't
0: that how all these famous people started out? having terrible drug problems because they had stage fright.
1: Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Billy
0: Holiday, I think.
1: And you know what? That's why I take, um, I take breaks with drinking. This is very hard right. for me right now.
4: Is it?
0: You're freaking
1: me out. <laughs> <laughs> you she's, are. Giving, she's giving you that look.
4: Right.
0: I'm sorry. Hey, listen. Can I talk into singing something? Have you guys, have <laughs> right you guys after heard, that? I know. <laughs> I was wondering how to segue into that. Have you guys heard McKear's stuff? I have not. I mean, you're going to get a shock of, your, of a lifetime when you hear what you can do. But the funny thing is sitting here talking to people and you don't know what they do. And everyone knows what you do because it's the same thing you do at work, right? You right, sit around exactly. talking to people. Everyone knows exactly. what you do because it's Tony, you're a lawyer and you sit around talking. This is what I do for a living. I sit around talking. And then you turn over here to McKear, and suddenly there's a whole different thing.
4: Hmm.
0: Do you want to play something or do you want to perform something?
1: Oh my goodness. We can do perform. it either
0: way. Perform. Um, perform. Um
1: I can I can uh, do something a cappella.
0: Okay, that would be fantastic.
1: Like right now, right? This time. Yeah,
0: do you want a minute do you want to get a minute to get used to the idea?
1: Um yeah. Can we talk ask? about some other things? Sure,
0: thanks. Thing. Okay. What do we ask Tony? Come up with a question for Tony and I'll ask it.
1: Mm. Um after a long day, what type of music do you like to listen to?
2: I would say it depends. <clears throat> what kind of day? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, it depends on the day. I don't know. I have a really eclectic, very weird taste to music. I like very old things. I'm not very hip into anything new. Like, you know, anything that's like new on the radio, I have to kind of like be like. When's, in the, last card here? when's yeah, the last time? Yeah, like somebody has to like oh, play so so a oh, really like... the...
0: When's the last time you listen to the radio? So?
2: I couldn't tell you. I, I, there you go. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't listen to the radio.
0: Do you listen to the radio, Charles? Well, you're on the radio. Of course. I do. Um, do you so I listen music to music I, lis- I
3: do listen to WBOK, uh, every... but there's no music on WBOK. Uh, sometimes. So sometimes there's a but little th- bit of music, but but not really. That's not, not really. a music station. No, do you listen to music? I do, but not, not the radio too much. What about. do you
0: listen to? Spotify?
3: No, like Tony. Yeah, I do listen to Spotify a Spotify. lot, and it's very collective. Like, if I hear songs that are on commercials, I will uh, Shazam oh, them. Oh, I know. I'm like, so Shazam. To, <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. And add them to my playlist.
0: So Okay. Yeah, exactly. Who have you Shazammed lately that you've discovered on? What sort of commercial was it?
3: Um, it was, uh, maybe it was a Google, maybe the Pixel, Pixel 2 phone. Okay. There's a song called Work It Out. Yeah, and it's a great okay. song. It's actually a good running song. Oh, you run? I do run. uh uh-huh. <laughs> How far? Uh, no more than three or four miles. That's pretty good. Yeah, you can't okay. be 60 and look like this if you don't...
0: 60. <laughs> 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 you almost had me there for a minute. Do you, uh, yeah. do you work out,
2: Tony? Um, I try to work out. Okay, what do you
0: listen to while you're working
2: out? Um, I usually go to somebody else's class where they have to think about that. <laughs> oh, you go to a class. Yeah. I, I don't have any playlist on my phone. This is like a crazy... And I feel like my shuffle is so all over the place. And But making a playlist is, like, so time-consuming, and I feel like it's, like, really it's like kind of like an art. Like, you know, mm. you have to put all the right music in the right genre, and it has to sound good together, so...
0: But you're stuck in the past at some point from wherever you put the stuff on your phone. How so? Well, you're not listening to new stuff, you say.
2: No, I mean... You just have Exactly. Playlists. I mean, unless somebody's, like... My husband's a little bit more hip than me, so sometimes she'll play something and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll put that on my phone. Or if I do go to a workout class, I'll be like, oh, that was fun. But um, yeah, I, I like, I don't know, I'm just not hip, I guess. <laughs> I well,
0: know. you have to go to Makia's gig on. I
2: know, I'm like mentally calendaring it, it. What,
1: for
0: Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what days is it? Sunday Sundays? at the Blue Nile. Sunday is at the Blue Nile, yes. That's a good night at the Blue Nile, actually. It is. And it's not too late. You know. Yeah, you get to go and, to work in the morning. And Tuesday. Uh, Thursdays, Thursdays um,
1: at, at thirty ninety. Uh, it's right next door
0: to the Blue Nile too. Yeah, so you're right down there on Frenchman all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a funny thing to be knocking Frenchman Street. I know, isn't it <laughs> fun?
1: <laughs> I'm tired of being on Frenchman. That's why. you
0: sick of it. What do you want to do? What's your revolution?
1: Um, oh goodness. Um, well, I'm excited. I have a few festivals coming up. Uh, we're doing Jazz Fest this year and Essence Fest this year. Yeah, we've got
0: you right at the beginning of your. What's going to be a giant career here?
1: I will receive that. Okay.
0: Right, that's what I'm. That's what I'm picking. <laughs> Hopefully, I Wait won't till you hear be strung out. You guys have no idea what's men. going on. No <laughs> You have no idea what's going on here. You. It's really interesting how how super talented you are and how amazing this record of yours is. It's cool. You've heard it? Yes. Yeah, called Eliyahu, right? Yeah. Yes, I've heard it. That's why you're on the show because we've I didn't heard. Thank you. Heard yes, the it's very impressive. I know people compare you to Billie Holiday and. And Erica Badu, but I think you sound sort of like Sade, kind of. Cool, I love it that. If I was going to compare <laughs> you to anyone. It's too sexy for these other
1: I appreciate people. that. I, I love Sade. Thank you.
0: Me too. I love what you're doing. So, what's, so you're playing Jazz Fest this year and Essence Fest, which are both huge. And this is just the beginning of your career, right? I mean, you're pretty young.
1: Still. Yeah, um, it's the beginning of people recognizing yeah. that I'm here. <laughs> right. I've been on Frenchman for about eight years, so we've been there a long time. I started off as a duo, uh, jazz set, like happy hour set, right. and um, ended up expanding the band, and doing the Sunday night slots. It's funny how
0: this overnight success takes such a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eight years
0: on Frenchman Street, holy shit!
1: Now, do you understand That's, why? Yeah, I no wonder. You. <laughs> I'm are. ready to go. Hate
0: it. It's time to move on.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It really is. Okay, have you warmed yourself up to doing something for us? No. <laughs> no. Okay.
1: <laughs> but I uh, sure.
0: Okay. If it's time, it's time. Yeah, what do you want to do?
1: I think maybe I'll just do a little snippet of the single 16 shots. I think it's appropriate, um, since you're a lawyer and we talked about uh, incarceration and social injustice. I know I have to keep this mic here, but I'm just going to push it back so I don't scream into it
4: blend in and stay out the sun because the darker you are the shorter the run blend in and stay out the sun because the darker you are the shorter the run i'm from the 17th Repping Holly Grove slow on a slick light, cause my skin's light and the pigs might try to follow me home. So I blur out where I come from. I'm camouflaging in the southern breeze by the bourgeoisies, the Creoles in the east that can do slick backs without hair grease. Bragging over tea about their house slave genealogy. So blend in and stay out the sun because the dark. Darker you are the shorter the run blend in and stay out the sun because the darker you are the shorter the run. <laughs> Man, that was amazing.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful. And it's even more powerful on the record, of course. Actually the lyrics sound a lot more stark when you just sing them like that without the music you? <laughs> did you write that first as a lyric before the this the uh,
1: it started off as a a journal entry and um it ended up one night at blue now asked the band i was just working on something and I asked them to come up with uh some instrumentation behind me and it evolved into that I feel like evolving is the word. Of evolving the day. is the word. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what did you say first about the sanctuary? You've expanded beyond the. I
1: talk a lot of
0: smack, man. You? I don't know what I said <laughs> earlier. That feels like it would fit right into that kind yeah. of vibe as well. Not necessarily in the same song. So. It's just my
1: vocabulary, I guess.
0: <laughs> blend in, stay out the sun, mm-hmm. meaning look white.
1: Yes, meaning code switch. We do that a lot. Uh, meaning uh, have white friends because sometimes when stuff goes down, people are hesitant to pull out their guns when there's white folks around. Seriously. Um, From my experience, living in Hollygrove and then going downtown to work, people would treat me differently on the bus, getting off the bus, and then the closer I get to Frenchman Street, the more um, accepted I am. Same people that can see me on a stage and be like, oh my gosh, you know, you're know, you so talented. If they see me walking across the street with my big hair and my full lips and my attitude, it's, it's intimidating to some people. And uh, growing up uh, with fair skin, a lot of times our elders would tell us to stay out of the sun. Mm-hmm. Like literally, don't mess, up, don't mess up your beautiful complexion because you're one step closer into being accepted in this society. I have, a, I have a little sister who's much darker than me. We have the same parent. And it's a completely <laughs> different experience for her.
0: Her whole life is a completely different experience.
1: Absolutely.
4: Yeah.
0: Dr. Cooper.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Um, one of my favorite shows, uh, Blackish, a couple of weeks ago had uh, an episode about the talk. And my grandmother would say the same thing. And she's a beautiful, dark-skinned woman. And I love the beach. We talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. And so I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our house is 10 minutes away from the beach. And so I was always in the summer out in the sun. And my grandmother never wanted me to go and spend a long time because if you got too dark. Uh, And as a child, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was security. Mm -hmm. And for her, her experiences as this very dark-skinned woman and growing up in the South, uh, in the rural South. She was born in 1999 and those experiences of racism and discrimination because of skin color. She did not want me to be dark, and I love to get as dark (laughs) as possible in the summertime. I mean, literally, don't even want to go
0: back. (laughs) Is this anything that white people even notice, though? Or is this only what other black people notice? Does a white person notice how black you are and care?
1: Oh, I I think there's something internal that they notice you think so? I think so. I you think, think
0: the average white person has got a gradation of blackness just like black people. I think this is maybe more of a black thing.
1: I think when we talk about colorism, it's more of a black thing—the way we treat each other. Yeah. But I definitely think the softer your hair is, the the fine. Like people yeah, notice my hair and my my uh, my style. I stand out more to most white people this way than mm. I would if I straightened my hair and I came in in a business suit. I would, I would be less threatening. Maybe um, today, because I decided to wear this flowy dress. What made or whatever. you choose
0: this when you were hunting?
1: Uh, honestly, it took me a long time <laughs> to leave the house, so this is right. what I didn't have to iron. I think
0: you look great. Okay, well, yeah, you do look great.
1: Thank you. Yeah, but I, all of but us I'm go not through. saying that you guys don't think I look great. No, I'm, I'm just
0: everybody goes through a thing about what they're going to wear when they leave the house, yeah. right? and that's you know, and sometimes you see these photos on Facebook of people at Walmart. You know, those people
1: people don't. of Walmart.
0: You wonder how could anyone ever look at themselves in the mirror and leave the house looking like that? But everybody makes a decision about what they look like. Mm. So worrying about what you look like before you leave the house is not abnormal, I have to tell you, I don't think. But I'm wondering (laughs) I think that's perfectly normal, isn't it, Charles, as a psychologist? Everyone looks at themselves in the mirror and goes, Shit, can I really get away with this? I, I
3: I don't like to say everyone. (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, there's there's a population of people who think about that. Don't we all kind Uh, of dress
2: the part, though? I mean, I have to dress like a lawyer, right? I'm a lawyer. I go to work every day. You get to dress like an artist. I mean, I think that's awesome because sometimes I hate putting on dress pants or a suit, or I'd love to just wear jeans or a nice flowy. You know what I mean? Like, aren't we all kind of dressing... For our profession, maybe, or for how we want people to perceive us, you know? And and part of that is a reflection of our profession, you know? It It can be. But I do change
1: my style more, not just... Exactly, you're right. I dress according to how I want to be perceived. And so in certain spaces, when I want to be perceived as non-threatening, that's where this all comes into play.
0: And how do you get to be perceived as threatening, exactly? What What do you think people are thinking when you're threatening them? Like you're going to shoot them?
1: No, not necessarily. I think there's... You know, you know what a token is, right? Token? You've never heard yeah. this phrase? Yeah, yeah. So, like Uncle
0: Tom type. Yes. Tokenism. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. there's a clear distinction whether we want to acknowledge it or not. I'm not saying that the way that I dress is going to stop anybody from wanting to hurt me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the way that I dress is going to keep me safe. Um, I'm not saying the way that somebody else's dress is going to ensure that they're unsafe. The first thing people say when women are attacked is, what was she wearing? So I'm not I'm not saying All that. Right. Let's make that clear. But what I am saying is there's a certain aesthetic in our society, a certain um, beauty that's accepted. We see it on the television. We, we, see, we hear it in music. Uh, that people feel represents this country more than other aesthetics do so it is a conscious decision sometimes when i'm in spaces where i feel like i'm i sing a lot of uh, i sing at a lot of weddings i'm a wedding singer as well and <laughs> you know weddings are the places weddings and funerals you know are the most segregated places you know who you're gonna invite I guess based off of the fact that weddings are expensive. You got to narrow it down to family usually and (laughs) some close friends and usually it's, it's pretty divided. And I've been in situations where I've been the only black person at a venue. And even though in my contract it says that I can eat off of the buffet as a guest and all of my white bandmates can walk to and fro, I stand out. I look like the help to them. Not because I'm dressed like the help but because it's just over your head that this person, we don't, we don't recognize this person, but you also don't recognize the drummer, mm. the guitarist, but there are white men with blonde hair and blue eyes standing at the buffet. So I don't know if I'm making sense, but... <laughs>
3: no, we, we are inherently biased. We wake up biased about something every day. Uh, and race is one of those biases that we do have. And so part of the work that I do with my consulting firm is working with individuals and organizations to recognize that bias and how to move towards it. And so it's interesting when people say to me, no, I'm not biased. Yes, we are. And Mm. so it's interesting telling my stories of bias to people. When I'm doing the work with them, it actually disarms them because most people think I'm going to walk in and tell them that they're racist. Um, No, but I'm going to walk in and say, you know, we have biases every day that dictate our behavior. And so, if I don't have a suit on, I thought about that today, I, you know, I'm mm. dressed like this. And I, I do dress like this most of the time. Thankful to you my father. Sharp. Thank you, Shop. Thank you. Okay. that was because yeah. of my father. My father got up and, my father was a principal, was a principal, he got up with a suit every day. So that's what I saw. Right. But I was like, I, I've got something athletic to do right after this. So I was like, I could go in a sweatsuit and a hoodie, but I was like, that's not going to be indicative right. or people are gonna perceive, well, that's not doctor corporate. Mm. So that's something that I have to think about every day as I'm going out into the public, how am I going to be perceived?
0: But these things that you're talking about, that you're both talking about, and you're talking about, too, Tony, is what you're wearing, is you, you're, you're wanting to satisfy other people's expectations. No. No, I, sometimes I'm it's forced on safe. you, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I so want to th-
1: avoid as much conflict as possible. Okay. Especially So you think
0: in if you're going to blend in, which is what you said in the song, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Blend in. Otherwise, you're going to... What, what are the lyrics?
4: Blend
1: in, stay out the sun, because the darker you are, the shorter the run. Right.
0: In other words, the shorter the run in life, are you going to be more likely to be shot?
1: Yeah.
3: You think about the shootings that have happened in our country. Uh, many of the men have been large, dark-skinned men. And so that threat, that perception of threat, and many of them have been unarmed, but that perception that you are large, and a dark man of color, right, and how society perceives you, and we think about how the media has portrayed men of color, particularly who are large and darker skin, as a threat. And we internalize that. When you say the media, you mean movies and TV? Movies and TV, and you think about WDSU, you think about our local uh, local stations, and who are they portraying on TV, all right? Mm -hmm. Our news is littered by who murdered who. All right. And so, what do you see and people internalize that and fear is internalized that and so we have to make sure that our media consumption allows us to see a wide breadth of people's behavior so black men are not monolithic Hispanic men are not monolithic white women are not monolithic black women so we have to be able to see the diversity that goes on within and outside of context and culture and so when we do that we have the ability to alleviate our biases But if we don't move towards them, we'll sit in the house and say, you know what, this person is a threat to me. And we'll behave accordingly.
0: Do you think New Orleans is more accepting and tolerant than other cities? I
1: only live here. Do you travel much? A little, not long enough to know the difference, really.
3: Charles, what do you think? I travel all over the country. What do you think? um, I love being in New Orleans simply because I can party with the mayor and I can party with the homeless man. And everybody's... You know, when it's time to party, we can all get together. But we also know that we have some disparities in our city. You know, you think about our homeless population. Yeah, but you think, I mean,
0: is, do you think it's better here than other places? Because this is our experience. We live here. We know what it's like. Right. You're talking about some pretty horrific experiences. Makia, even though it's just walking from down Frenchman Street or getting the bus from, mm-hmm. what did you say, Pontchartrain Park?
1: From Holly
0: Hollygrove. <laughs> from <Holygrove> to, <laughs> to... To Frenchman Street, which is not that different, you wouldn't have thought.
1: You wouldn't think so. No. no.
0: I think every so city has its uniqueness. And I think New Orleans is one of the greatest cities in the world. Um, but we pride ourselves on the fact that we're all mixed up, that we're all black and white, that we're all together. We that do. we have Mardi Gras. Right.
3: Exactly. But that can hide some of the uh, the atrocities that go
0: on in our cities. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying? If... If we're telling ourselves it's that great and it actually is better than other places, it must be pretty bad other places. Mm-hmm. Or is it the same?
1: It sounds logical.
0: What, <laughs> sounds what logical. do you think, Charles? You're a black man and you travel around the country. What's it like here versus other places?
3: I think that there are similar experiences wherever I go. Okay. Uh, I do come back and feel at home in New Orleans, but I also know that when I was in grad school, New Orleans was my girlfriend. And I loved everything about her. But then once I graduated, we got
0: married. Then you got married.
3: (laughs) 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 We got married, and I got to see everything. And so I'm happy to say that I work with a number of people here in the city who are wanting to make sure that everybody has the ability to thrive. And it's a challenge. So I, I think every city has its unique challenges that they're trying to do. and I, If I go to Philly, if I go to New York, they're going to say this is the best place. But their underbellies are going to show that they have
2: problems.
0: Yeah. Tony, yes. do you travel around much? I try to. You went to Argentina? I did. What was going on there?
2: Uh, it was amazing. I don't know, everything. It was. <laughs> I went during the summer, actually. Summer there, which is winter here, so January. Okay. And it's the city kind of clears out a little bit in the summer there because it's so hot so it was very quiet but it was beautiful we did a lot of traveling around Argentina it was cool can't you, wait to go back
0: what did you go were you, was it on your honeymoon?
2: yes yes we did and how um, long have you been married? Uh, only a little over a year
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay alright
2: yeah.
0: has your relationship changed since you got married?
2: so that was like one of the questions on our honeymoon like, do you feel different? do you feel different? I, I didn't he did so I don't know he did? Yeah, and he's been married before, so I don't know why he felt different. <laughs> what was the difference? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. A lot of people
0: would like to... You didn't ask? <laughs> <I don't
2: laughs> Are you kidding? I don't want you to know. You just
0: passed over that, yeah. over that part of the conversation. Good
2: for you, babe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to get married?
2: Uh, I guess I fell in love, huh?
0: I fell in love. You love.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean... I'm um, I guess I've been in love before, and I didn't get married. I don't know. It was just a perfect pairing, I guess, right. so to say.
0: You, mean, well, you weren't going to do any better than this?
2: No, yeah. no, 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 no. He is... I don't mean
0: that in a bad way. No, right?
2: I mean, he's the most romantic, and you know he deals with me. I'm not always the easiest to deal with. What's
0: the biggest problem that you have to deal with if I'm married to you?
2: To me? Yeah. I mean, I can be very moody <laughs> really yeah yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for the vulnerability <laughs> there's drugs I mean, for that no, yeah I guess I don't not on any of them so he still has to Good deal with it you. Yeah. You. you know I mean we all have bad days right mm-hmm. so you know I'm, I'm the kind of person that I, I, I tend to, try, to I try not to but I do tend to take my work home a little bit so if I do have a bad day or a stressful day you know there's always that can and, you
0: talk about it when you go home when you're a lawyer
2: um, are you meaning like is there like a privilege? Well, I you that... can't
0: tell your husband. I guess you can't tell your husband the name of the client or.
2: No, and I any... I deal with a lot. I do a little bit of personal. I do a little bit more personal injury now than I do criminal defense. So a lot of times it's the defense attorneys that I want to smash their head <laughs> in. Um, you know, I we we talk about disparities. I feel like even just being a woman sometimes is a little bit. You know, you're a little bit not to be cliche, but in a man's world. So sometimes I feel like older male attorneys might be a little nasty to me or disrespectful. And, you know, as a lawyer, we take, we take courses every year, professionalism, ethics, you know, we are taught that we are professionals and we're supposed to act in a professional way. And I think a lot of times that there's a blurriness there that kind of gets lost and people become a little bit too passionate for their clients and they become a little nasty. And, you know, you, you see things like that, and that's a little—it's aggressive and sometimes disturbing, and it's upsetting when you go home. You know, you're just like, man, this guy was just really just nasty to me today. But are these
0: guys taking it seriously, or are they just? No,
2: that's—that's that's that. They are a hundred percent.
0: But they really hate you, or are they just pretending? Well, to...
2: in a, in a personal injury aspect, I represent clients that are injured or hurt in an accident or in whatever capacity. And a lot of the times we're perceived as, me and my clients as liars, we're lying about the injury or You're how... You're just how, trying to yeah, it get just, money you know, out of so it, you know, they, they're very righteous in what they're, they're defending because we're all lying where none of us are telling the truth, you know. Well, so.
0: this is what we all think about the law, though, the justice system. I don't know about the other two people sitting at the table, but pretty much everybody thinks that lawyers are making it up. Don't you guys? That you'll say anything. <laughs> you want to bend me. I... People generally believe that lawyers will say anything, and that's why lawyers have a bad reputation. But I
2: don't. I don't believe that. You know, I don't. You don't
0: believe that, I and don't. you're a lawyer. You're not making it up at all. No,
2: I. I mean, you
0: wouldn't tell a lie for your. No,
2: clients. I'm not. I'm not trying to lie for my clients. I don't think my clients are liars. You know, I mean, if they're hurt, why? Why? Why would you lie about it? You know.
0: Because people want to suck money out of the system, and it's in all insurance companies, and no one's actually suffering.
2: Well, No one
0: really has to pay any money because we're all paying for the insurance and it's all just a big game.
2: You know, but people do get really hurt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, you know, it is something that can affect you forever or for a little bit or however, you know. I mean, right. it, it, it is.
0: But real everybody's <clears throat> sort of used to these gigantic billboards with Morris Bart and <laughs> Michael Hingold. Do you know Michael Hingold, the Czech guy? Do you know him personally?
2: I don't know him personally, no.
0: Hmm. But you know any of these guys? personally put the Womack on them do you know I I don't
2: know them personally they wouldn't know me I I mean well
0: no but you know them I
2: know their billboard me
0: too but I mean you don't know them you don't hang out with these people no 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 okay are
2: are you open to
1: having a a commercial of your own and having like a a little jingle yes (laughs)
0: let's write one
2: yeah let's let's do it (laughs) that would be fun I don't know you know I
0: you've got a great name Anona couldn't you work that into something give me a minute <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a great name tony anona god you. that's got doesn't it say a lot do you want to write that down you can write it on the pa- on the table how do you table. spell
2: it how do you spell the last name a-r-a-r-n-o-n-a-n-o-n-a
0: yeah tony, tony anona it's just musical right there
2: i never hmm. thought of it that way.
0: this is going to be a great day for you <laughs> i can see the billboard now one call, that's I all. I guess it's already gone, that one. We have to come up with another I one. Listened I'm sure to, that his trademark.
2: He had an interview on <laughs> It's New Orleans I Listened to this afternoon.
0: Morris Part did? Yeah, with... Uh, he was on
2: uh, Y'all have like a psychologist that does interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. listened to it this afternoon. Yeah. Dr. Pagek. Yes, Dr. So my, I was, his show,
0: Mindset. Was, was he on that? I was, was
2: clicking m- around the website <laughs> to like try to ease my anxiety and. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, "Oh, this will be interesting, right? Let's listen to what Morris Barr has to say." How and was it? It was interesting. I guess. What did yeah. Nick ask
0: him? Anything I interviewed with him once. To, for a job. I did. For well, he actually sat across.
2: I did. He the talked diff. about himself the entire time. He didn't ask me a single question about myself he
0: was thinking of hiring you.
2: That's, uh, <laughs> that is pretty strange, though, isn't it? I thought it was funny.
0: Did he hire you?
2: I withdrew my application.
0: Did you really? I
2: did. Why? I, did. Um, I, I just don't, I didn't think it was what I wanted to do.
0: Sit and listen to Morris Park talk for now. <laughs> yeah. How weird. Exactly. What did you want to do?
2: Uh, at the It'd time. Be a personal injury attorney? No, at the time, I, that's when I went and practiced criminal law for a little bit.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, so. Which what was, was that like? It's, it's, it's fast-paced, you know, criminal court, you're, especially here we have a, like our misdemeanor court system is set up where we have court in the morning and court in the afternoon, so on any given day you could have court in the morning and the afternoon for multiple clients, you know, so you're in the court system a lot, um, so you're in front of judges and, you know, you're dealing with clients and things like that on kind of a fast-paced, you know, where civil law isn't so fast-paced, it's a little slower, so I, I liked that it. it was interesting, but so- it, it's time-consuming
0: what exactly is it? Criminal? You're defending people yeah, who have been defense, charged yeah. with... Yeah, crimes. With well, a crime. Which is the difference between a crime? What is a crime exactly?
2: Well, you know, any, I mean, any, any anything. It could be criminal damage to property or uh, possession of marijuana or something domestic related. Or you know. So
0: is it mostly mostly people who have been arrested for something true? And you're defending them and trying to...
2: Well, I mean, again, look, I'm, I'm the not, system, I'm not it... the one that's bringing the charge. So when the district attorney gets the gets the arrest packet and all, he has to say, I have enough evidence to prove that this person committed this crime, and that's on them. That's on their screening department. You know what I okay. mean? Okay.
0: Most of these crimes are small, though.
2: A, a lot of what I did, yeah, was mostly misdemeanor. Yeah. Right. So.
0: So crime and a misdemeanor are the same thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's just different,
0: hmm, I didn't know like a different. Did you know that? Like I yeah, that I know a good. felony
2: and a misdemeanor <laughs> would be the.
0: A felony and a yeah. misdemeanor. It's actually, okay, all right. Did you know that, McKee? No, I me mean neither. Okay, and how's it going I, with the jingle?
2: Nothing. Nothing. That's usually how I feel about it. <laughs> 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 Blank.
0: What would you like the jingle to say, Tony? What What, what are we going for? I don't know. I
2: don't know. What,
0: what are the qualities that someone comes to look looking for you and we're looking for a lawyer and I mean, you.
2: I think the qualities that I bring to the table versus like the yeah. bigger firms is like, I do try to have a, a good communication with my clients. Like I, I do, I'm not there all the time, like right now I'm here, but you know, I do try to get back to people and actually talk to them. I'm not trying to like push them through to like a secretary or somebody because like people come to me with their problems. You know, if you're hurt, if you've right. got someone that died, if you have a crime that you're facing, that's a very real problem for you. You know what I'm saying? Even though you're just one of my clients, for you, that's very it's very focused for you. It's so. personal. Yes, it is personal. How about so. that?
0: It's personal. Tony, I don't know. you shake shaking your head. No good. <laughs> <laughs> you, I thought you, that was a good You me the
1: challenge to, to rhyme with the last name, so.
0: Oh, it has to rhyme. <laughs> oh, you I hadn't say. thought about rhyme. What rhymes with I know? You must have thought of that. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know.
0: You've never thought about what rhymes with you? I guess I've never thought about mine. Either. What rhymes with corporate? Have you ever thought about that? No, I've never thought about that. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> good for you. Corporate. it's good for it's you. It's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but why does it have to rhyme? Why does Unknown have to rhyme with something? Um, Put the Womack I, on him doesn't rhyme with anything.
1: Yeah, well, I was really thinking in terms of uh, the jingles. Like, what's what's
2: the other guy? Chip Forsall. Chip he does, it all. he does it all.
0: Sasha Mazakowski does that one. I know, and also... That's pretty good, um,
1: don't tanya accept. boyd cannon and uh someone else yeah oh, that's like a coveted little
0: that's thing a good gig yeah. chip for store yeah <laughs> is that right
1: <laughs> yeah I guess that so. must
0: pay pretty well what is the jingle though do we remember it
1: doesn't, i just thought it was uh he takes care of it all yeah. and i think he they doesn't add, he have all. a
2: bunch of musicians that, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: but really what about juan yeah. lafanta and big frida like uh, that's a whole bounce song
0: that's a good have one have you heard this no.
1: It's hilarious. He That's just, good. He
2: <laughs> just posts... Have you seen his new billboards? They're like that art comic, mm-hmm. like... Oh, very yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that guy. Yeah. I have seen those <laughs> billboards.
0: Well, have you got a campaign in mind?
2: <laughs> I don't. He got
0: big free to do those things with him, didn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, so yeah, yeah. so was just That's saying. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Alison, we have to really. get out of here in a few minutes. we huh? so it. Before we go, we have to go through a couple of little bits and pieces, like where we can find you, for example. Okay. Makia, and we have to learn how to spell your name. M Y
1: K I
0: A J O V A N. Jovan. Mm-hmm. Is that your real name? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So where do we find you?
1: Blue Nile on Sundays. Blue September Nile on
0: Sundays. Where is it on Thursdays?
1: thirty ninety. Thirty ninety.
0: I don't know what yeah. And then, but more to the point. Jazz Fest and Essence Fest
1: do you know what day you're playing uh, the first day of Jazz Fest okay. I'm not quite sure about Essence Fest yet
0: what time are you on
1: early so get there early if you guys okay. come early on the first day <laughs> of Jazz Congo Fest on the Congo Square stage yeah on oh, the first cool. All right. first
0: act well congratulations that Thank is you. really exciting actually isn't it, it. Thank you. are you excited that's going to yeah. be a day when you have to start I'm drinking really early no. <laughs> you'll have to start drinking first thing in the morning
1: no, for I'll, that gig I'll hopefully I'll still be sober by then <laughs>
0: When is that? April? The 27th. It's 27th not too of far April. Away. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. What are we up to now? It's only March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to try and not drink at all till then?
1: I'm going to see how far I can go.
0: Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah. Can always come you can back always and have a cocktail again. with you. Yeah. You
0: can always pick it up again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll look out for you. So there's. But your website is mckeejovan. com. Are you, are
1: you on it. iTunes? Yeah, yeah. iTunes, Spotify. Spotify. All that good stuff. You
0: can steal it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's
2: what everybody's yeah. doing.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, like I said, <laughs> well, you get something. I don't
2: Spotify, I don't radio, I'm very traditional. You don't even. I buy sti- my music, yes. You do? Yeah. You still buy music? I still buy music. Thank you. Well, you're yeah. it.
0: You're the last person left on earth that's still paying for music. Uh, well, I buy it too, but I buy it on Spotify, <laughs> which means that you get paid practically nothing. I get to listen to you for $9 a month or $10 a month, and you probably make, what, nothing, I suppose? Some cents.
1: Some and strangely
0: enough, that dude who owns Spotify is losing money by the billions.
2: How's that? I don't know.
0: I don't know how that's possible I'm at I'm
2: afraid all. to commit to Spotify. I don't, you like have a commit fear of commitment. Now, you, now, now you're married. Cancel <laughs> it before they charge you. I'll tell
0: you something for a fact. Music doesn't feel any different after you're committed to it. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: <laughs> so you can totally
0: sign on to Spotify for nine ninety nine a month and cancel any you want. Do you get Netflix?
2: I do Netflix.
0: Well, what's the difference?
2: I don't know, because I don't have cable either.
0: Right, but I mean, why do you feel okay about paying for Netflix and not for Spotify? I don't know. You have to speak to Dr. Corporal. about that. That's what we value. <laughs> What's your revolution?
2: I, I don't know. Oh, my
0: revolution. You're gonna have to, if you don't answer that now, you're going to have to pay for that to see it. You're
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> the Coming out hour. of my
0: pocketbook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. And Charles, no doubt. we can find you at WBOK, which is what? 13-something?
3: Uh, WBOK, 1230 a.m. 1230 Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Right. And uh, you can go to my company's website, wyrevolution.com.
0: W-Y-F as in whatsyourrevolution.com. Exactly. And I would, if you like podcasts because you listening to this podcast already, I would highly recommend you go listen to Dr. Charles Corpora's What's Thank Your you. Revolution. It's very interesting, even if you don't want to change at all. <laughs> like you. Like me. I'm, I'm, I'm totally happy to be complacent how I am, but I find it a really interesting podcast. Thank you so much to Basics Swim and Gym for making this show possible. We can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style, including bikinis. One piece. Do you like a one piece, Charles? Um, it fits perfectly on me. Okay. What about a cover-up? You can get everything you need for the beach and pool at Basics Swim and Gym. It's right next to Basics underneath, which is a lingerie store on Magazine Street just near Jefferson Avenue. Thank you to to Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you go to the Hangover Destroyer website, it's hdestroyer.com and write happy hour in the coupon code. You'll get 30% off of your first order of Hangover, Destroyer, Save Makia, you too can see so the when, dawn. when
2: you get back on the horse. Yeah. Yeah,
0: this is good for you. I'm sending you a special <laughs> okay. care package. And thanks to Louisiana Legs, where you can get workout and yoga clothes with designs that incorporate photographic art, like Mardi Gras beads, boiled crawfish, wrought iron in France, and caves in China. You can find Louisiana Legs on Facebook and Instagram, and you can buy Louisiana Legs on Etsy. And if you'd like to support our show, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as $1 a month, which is about mm, is it, $12 a year, you can be a member of the Happy Hour family. You can get on the show, and you can even push your own product or music on Happy Hour if you'd like. So go check that it's out. Better. It's at it's Patreon. Plan. So we'll get that jingle together, and I'll
2: get <laughs> my 12 And you $12. guys are going to have a jingle. You <laughs> give
0: us 12 bucks, and we'll play your jingle every week
2: there
0: we go. on Happy Hour. Thank you so much for joining us. Tony, our has been here. Makia Jovan has been here and Dr. Charles Corporal. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Grant Morris and that's been Happy Hour for another week. Our show is produced by Graham DePonte. Our associate producers are Alison Moon and April Stolf, and our music director is Christian Unruh. John Valois is our music producer and Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Asher Griffith is our live Facebook feed director who's been putting this whole thing on Facebook Live. If you didn't see it on Facebook Live you can go to our Facebook Live page or our Facebook page on Ritz New Orleans and take a look at it. Our fact-checker and social media connector is Andrew Searock, and he's away with bronchitis. Our theme music was written today and is being played right now by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking or not drinking cocktails. Our address is on our website, itsnewwellens.com. We can hear many other hours of happy hour we've recorded previously, along with some other shows we make here as well. Out to Lunch with Peter Rashudi live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast about death called Death, the Podcast, named one of the top 40 podcasts in America in 2017. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans, and you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com. And on our Facebook page, the photos were taken today by Allison Moon. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, which you probably are, thank you very much for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you've got one to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown, New Orleans. Happy hours of production of IONO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Andrew Duhon will actually be back here next week for everyone around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at Broadcasting. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy hour.